Welcome to King's Health Partners Hematology podcast series called KHP Heme Pearls. I'm Dr. Dipti Rady, consultant hematologist at Guys and St. Thomas's Hospital, and I'm delighted to be here with you again. Today's podcast will focus on low platelet counts and thrombocytopenia. I'm glad to introduce my colleague, Dr. Gulnaz Shah, who's a consultant hematologist with me at Guys and St. Thomas's Hospital, and we'll be talking through some of the common queries primary care colleagues have around low platelet counts. So, Naz, thank you for joining us. And I think I'll go straight into the first question. The commonest thing is, you know, a normal platelet count ranges from 150 to 400 or 450 times 10 to 9 per litre in most laboratories. When should a clinician, GP, whoever the clinician is, be concerned about low platelet counts? Um, thanks, Dipti. Normally, we, in the presence of a normal coagulation screen, we get more concerned about other causes for thrombocytopenia when the platelet count drops below 100. Um, most patients won't start to develop any obvious symptoms until their platelet count dro- drops a lot lower. So often it's when the platelet count drops below 30, when people start to experience more significant symptoms of bruising or petechiae. And actually, older patients will um, experience these symptoms often at a slightly higher platelet count than at that around 50, particularly if patients are on anticoagulants or antiplatelet agents they may start experiencing symptoms earlier. But generally, we tend to see patients in our clinic with a platelet count below 100. And we would also see patients with any level of thrombocytopenia if they had any additional cytopenias to exclude other causes. Okay, so it's kind of, again, coming back to the full blood count, isn't it, which is what we'll be doing in this series, looking at the whole range, but the you know the big three, the haemoglobin, the white cell count, and then the platelet count to see if all of them are a little bit lower, yeah. or whether it's just an isolated low platelet count and looking at the cause for that. So if we then focus on the isolated low platelet count, you've talked about the threshold of about 100, if I can paraphrase that. But if a patient's not symptomatic and they have a platelet count of about 100, what else should a clinician think about before picking the phone up or referring? Are there any other conditions? What else should they be doing? So I think if you do pick up a thrombocytopenia and platelet count below 100, it's a good idea to speak to the patient and take a history really and look at their previous results to see whether they've ever had a platelet count like this before. So the main thing is asking about symptoms first and um, any previous history then really examination as well, obviously looking for any splenomegaly or any other abnormalities. And then really repeating a blood count is always helpful in a few weeks to see whether the count is stable or whether it's improved. And sometimes infections can cause a drop in the platelet count. So if the patient has a viral infection and normally the lab will make a blood film if they detect a new thrombocytopenia Mm -hmm. to look, to review, to see if there are any um, specific causes that they can see that can account for it. So look, reviewing medications is another important thing. So some medications like the statins can cause a mild thrombocytopenia. Normally that happens, the platelet count might drop a little bit below 150, but generally tends to stay above 100. And then doing a coagulation screen just to make sure the rest of the coagulation um, process is normal. Um, virology is always important um, hepatitis b c and hiv checking the hematinics as well because hematinic deficiencies vitamin b12 folate um, ferritin and iron studies 
and I have seen thrombocytopenia in severe iron deficiency. Just to pick up on that uh, with the hematinics, because it's always how low is a severe B12, you know, because you do get referrals for patients who've platelet counts about 99 with this has to be B12. What other indices would people need to look at? Because it's not necessarily the B12, is it? No, not necessarily. So normally, if, if it's a severe B12 deficiency, you'd expect them to have a macrocytic anemia as well. And they may have other cytopenias as well as a thrombocytopenia. They may be neutropenic as well. So the large blood cells, the macro, macrocytic picture would make you think more about a B12 or a very late deficiency. And I guess in looking at it, you you know, in terms of blood screens that you've done, thank you, because it ties up with whether the patients are going to have a low platelet count and other causes, or they're going to have an increased bleeding tendency. Are there any other medical conditions that, you know, it's quite common to get a low platelet count with? Because we talk about primary and ITP, which we'll talk about in secondary. Can you expand on those a little bit? Yeah, so primary ITP is you know, idiopathic, whereas secondary ITP is um, related to other conditions. So it may be related to underlying um, viral problems such as hepatitis B, C or HIV, and also other autoimmune conditions. So patients with lupus or any other, you know, connective tissue disorders can present with um, a low platelet count and have a secondary thrombocytopenia. Liver problems as well. So people with cirrhosis, they will have um, thrombocytopenia as well if they've got portal hypertension. So I, I think what, what I was thinking of is that those patients with the autoimmune conditions also may be on medications like methotrexate, which will further augment the change in the blood count and maybe make them more thrombocytopenic. So it comes back to what you said at the very beginning is always patient and history and getting a full history about it to try and see where this low platelet count sits. Um, before I go on to talking about ITP, spurious thrombocytopenia, what, what, is, what is that when it gets reported? So we, so you can call it spurious thrombocytopenia or pseudothrombocytopenia, which is um, a process which um, happens in vitro. So you get clumping of platelets that happens in the EDTA tube due to agglutination of platelets, which leads to a falsely low platelet count um, on the automated reading. Um, and then that what happens in this situation is that the lab will make a blood film because it flags up that the platelet count is low or clumped and um, they will see the platelet clumping under the microscope and they will ask you to send um, another EDTA tube along with a citrate blood sample um, so the blood in a different anticoagulant just to confirm that the the pseudothrombocytopenia is due to clumping. Um, hopefully the count should should have corrected with on the citrate example. Brilliant, because we tend to put that in a, in a in a comment. It's quite nice to know what that means in terms of it being an in in vitro event rather than in the patient as well. And just one more test before we move into ITP. Uh, looking at uh, using flow for platelet counts, which is quite commonly done, but it's done in centres. When is that actually used? So we use it um, in patients where we often see um, comments on the blood film that the plate there's lots of large platelets, um, and so often what happens is the platelet count may be underestimated on the automated um, count. Um, so we use the platelet immunological assay, um, which uses flow cytometry to look at markers on the platelet surface and it gives you a much more accurate platelet count. Um, 
which you know will confirm that actually the platelet count is higher than what we're getting on the automated automated um, machine. And I guess that's useful in some situations. And I'm just thinking off the top of my head of pregnancy and lumbar punctures and other bits, just to make sure you've kind of hit a threshold. Yeah, it's useful for pre-procedural optimization. You know, when patients are a bit borderline and you want to make sure that it's safe to do a procedure. So getting it above that kind of target and um, platelet count of 50 for many procedures, it's quite helpful to have that documented. Great. So the last couple of minutes really on ITP, because that's kind of the, the low platelet count people worry about in terms of a diagnosis. How is that diagnosis? You mentioned as primary made in clinical practice in your clinics. Yeah, so ITP, yes, we see it commonly in our clinics, but it's actually still a relatively rare disease. So in the UK, about 3,000 to 4,000 of the population have it at any one time. Um, it's, um, as you say, Dipti, so that it involves, it is a diagnosis of exclusion. There's currently no diagnostic test for ITP. So it simply involves taking a thorough history examination um, family history and excluding other causes of thrombocytopenia, um, which we've spoken about before. So we look at the blood under the microscope, exclude other um, infiltrative causes, um, which can cause a thrombocytopenia, so bone marrow um, problems. Um, we also look at hematinics, um, we look at liver profile, virology. Um, in older patients, we also do. Um, a myeloma screen as well to make sure that there isn't a paraproteinemia that could be causing it. Um, and then obviously auto, other autoimmune, other secondary causes as well. Um, and once we've excluded, and as I said, if, if there is some in older patients or with atypical features, so they may not present with an isolated thrombocytopenia, they may have other um, cell count abnormalities, you may want to do a bone marrow biopsy to exclude um, a, a primary hematological um, bone marrow infiltrative cause. Um, and then, yes, once you've excluded all of those causes, if you've got an isolated thrombocytopenia, then we do label them as having ITP. Um, and and I, I think it's great because you look at the bone marrow in terms of confirming the diagnosis if you haven't got a secondary. And I guess the final question is, ITP, when that diagnosis is made, it'll be made in secondary care. Should all patients with ITP be managed in secondary care? So, yes, I do think all patients should be managed in secondary care because these patients will need um, monitoring. And if they do have a relapse where they require treatment, this should be um, initiated by a specialist and um, because it will require specialist monitoring, particularly um, to see if they require um, any um, ongoing treatment with with steroid sparing agents as well and um, for the future so normally if patients are in remission for a few years and don't have any relapses after the initial presentation we do refer them back to primary care for um, ongoing monitoring and obviously they can be referred back if any problems arise in the future that's great so for the acute ones they need to be in primary uh, secondary care just to have the management plan agreed and then when they get to a chronic phase they may not have normal cancer but they may be in a good place then it could be shared care or primary care but there, uh, there would be a plan that's shared so that patients and clinicians know where they stand yep. yes yep and some of these patients live a bit further away from us so they prefer to have their bloods done um you know more frequently in primary care 
and then we see them sort of in a telephone appointment um, annually just to just to keep an eye on things as well. Brilliant. Um, our time always rushes by really quickly. So thank you very much, Naz, for uh, the overview on low platelet counts, when we need to worry, what investigations we need to do, and also ITP, uh, a very brief overview on that. Uh, thank you for joining us today and to our audience for listening. We hope you have learned something along the way with us. Please spread the word with your colleagues about sharing this podcast. We really would appreciate it if you could leave a review and let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to focus for in future episodes. We're very much looking forward to developing this KHP Impulse series with your input. So please let us know if you'd like to be involved in any future episodes. Thank you.